Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Turning Signals 2022 election special here with the insightful, brilliant, <laughs> analytical Zoe Shuttleworth. How are you, Zoe? <laughs> Thrilled. Thrilled and excited. It is the election of a lifetime, I reckon. Yes, well, I don't recall ever feeling so hopeful and trepidatious. <laughs> There's a lot at stake. And I, I, you know, honestly, and like doing the research, I've actually, there are a lot of candidates and a lot of supporters of those candidates that are like optimistic and fired up. And that has been a good vibe for me because, you know, to think that we just head back into like, you know, a majority, like one of the big parties governing, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's easy to think that's likely and then feel like, ugh, this system. Mm-hmm. It is easy to do that. That's where I have spent a good portion of my time. Well, <laughs> I've probably got some good news for you then. Um, but before I've done, you know, some analysis on the small parties, basically, and then a little bit on the bigger parties, including the Greens, which I'm looking forward to talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, heads up, I might get a little opinionated later on. Just oh, saying. That's, yep, good. Um, before we kind of get into it just as we were talking before we hit record you were saying can we can i ask about like the astro or around the 21st yeah well i mean we're in we're in that astro we're living in it um this is it we are in eclipse season and today mercury stationed retrograde and yeah so we're midway between the eclipses or a little way past midway um, and the Scorpio lunar eclipse will be five days before the actual election takes place, but certainly it still will be feeling its effects and will still be technically inside eclipse season when the election day rolls around. So, yeah, eclipse seasons are definitely sort of known for bringing change, change and um, like a often quite sudden and unpredictable kind of revelations can occur under eclipses. And so I'm very hopeful that that will be, you know, part of what we witness um, next weekend. And, well, it's not next weekend, is it? Oh, weekend after, yeah. Yeah, on the 21st. Um, Yeah, so I do have a lot of hope around that. I'm not, I'm not, sort of despondent but I do see how you know we have over and again seen elections that disappoint Mm. in terms of seeing real change and that happens throughout the western world really and probably all over the world and um, so there is that kind of tempering of enthusiasm but I do I mean I look at it and I see that it's highly likely that there could be an upset this year Mm. and um yeah, that's – and there, as you were saying, you know, there's a lot of – to even just look at the numbers of independents running and they've all got fire in their belly this year, perhaps more than ever before. There's a big alliance of them too? Yeah. With the um, – yeah. what is it? Ca- uh, got the 
CADCO Alliance. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's it's between like uh, Australian Federation Party, Great Australia Party, mm-hmm. uh, the IMOP, Informed Medical Options Party. Yeah. Um, so they're all kind of part of, you know, this CADCO Alliance, which basically they share the same vision. But yeah, interestingly, as we'll see, like a lot of the smaller parties are really very much kind of sharing a foundation basically yeah i I mean where it seems like a lot of us are very united in our disillusionment and being so sick of the bullshit of major parties it's what you Um, wanted it's what you called for yeah well i really i hope that it does sort of translate into some real significant change certainly um yeah i guess the worry is that you know we i sit in an echo chamber you know oh absolutely yeah that is an issue isn't it and um yeah i i don't really know how to deal with that problem Mm. it's it is a problem of algorithmic reality Mm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) um i guess like the yeah you can kind of try attempt to go outside of it um Mm. you know use a different browser oh yeah um, yeah and maybe I mean, you can always, I suppose, and probably I should have thought about this before recording the episode, but you can go over to like, you know, liberal pages, like go into the domains of like conservatives or yeah, like see what Greens, moderates saying. and see. I did know, try to do that a little bit, but it is time consuming to spend time with the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and it does teach you a lot though. Like it's definitely worth doing. Yeah. I guess another thing I should say before we move on to your insights and the work you've done is um that mercury's retrograde too Mm. so um this government will come in on a mercury retrograde yeah that's right Mm. which may or may not be you know of course that comes with light and shadow as do all things but it certainly can bring challenges with technology and numbers and communications and you know potentially like vote counting (laughs) so yeah elections can be tricky with a mercury retrograde and we have seen that in the past um, particularly with u.s elections but um yeah it may i was thinking it's probably more likely to translate simply as well in my imagining of how i'd like it to turn out delays with vote counting because of it being such a big shit fight with so many independents and stuff getting yeah, upsetting the apple cart. I think disrupting that's Disrupting the status quo. Yeah, well, I really, I mean, that's where my hope is. And I really, yeah. I mean, preferencing, I think, is the thing that might get us into trouble a bit, hey, because it's complicated um, and you can easily sort of um, vote for someone you don't really want to by mistake. Yeah. Um, so the preferencing thing is tricky, but there's also a lot of people out there who are trying to educate. Yeah. Know, yeah, there's a lot of resources. Issue. Yeah. I I guess my advice would be, and it's advice that I would give to myself so that I don't mess it up, is like do a little bit of research, pick your candidate, mm. and then like mimic their how to vote card. If you trust them enough to kind of put them as the number one priority, then follow their advice on if, if, especially if there's someone handing out like how to vote cards mm-hmm. when you go that along party yeah take that one and just mm-hmm. put that down and then of course with the big senate paper you only need to put one i mean you can list all like 80 <laughs> candidates or whatever mm-hmm. but i think one is sufficient 
Do you know where your one's going to be? Or is that I don't know. confidential? I actually don't know. I, no, I, I mean, don't know I, I thought about, you know, One Nation maybe, to be honest. Which well, <laughs> I must say I'm, I keep having in my head Pauline for PM. Like, <laughs> it just keeps coming up. Oh, I, that would be – talk about upset. Right. I, I don't – my 15-year-old self – my 18-year-old self, my 25-year-old self would be punching my 40-year-old self in the face right now. But I hope her time has come. Do you know what? Like <laughs> in the research that I did for, you know, looking at One Nation, mate, has she stuck to her guns? I know. Is she claiming that I... she's like, this is what I've warned about since the beginning? And she has. The one world government I knew was coming since the late 90s. Like, and it's like, mate, your time has come. Well, looking at her chart, her time may well have come. It's incredible. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean. There's concerns with it as well. Of like, course there are. It's That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It, it, it is tricky that, I mean, nothing is perfect. Yeah. Um, but she's like the oldest among the boys club. She's been around the longest since at least the mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember being up in arms and, you know, they were even songs. Yeah. In like mocking her. I'm a back door man with the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. With a very horrendous plan. <laughs> <laughs> now whose plan's horrendous? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I am, I have been most impressed with One Nation's policies, which is hard for me to get those words out of my mouth, um, since I never ever thought I would think like that. I, I mean, there's issues. I guess the issues around immigration are, are challenging, but because for the time being. That's not the priority. In the scheme um, of things, the they're of still relatively moderate in a sense. Right. Because, you know, if you ask Pauline, she'll say, I'm not opposed to immigration, mm. but like these are the things. And they're like really rational things. Mm. They're like, you know. Well, she wants for Australians to come first, doesn't she? She's yeah. very nationalistic, I guess, in and that sense. Which absolutely. Like she's an out-and-out nationalist. Yeah. But yeah, at this time in history, like I think it could pay to kind of lock down and really enact like protectionist measures. Well, in terms of what she had forewarned about a long, long time ago and, um, you know, all of our farmland being bought out by Chinese investment and, you know, stuff with even mineral resources and all of that. She really did foresee something that was significant and has been completely prophetic, really, um, in the way that it's turned out and the majors have shepherded all that in very... Mm. Happily, it would seem. Yeah. Whether they've been, you know, successfully lobbied and would she have been able to protect or would anyone have been able to protect Australia against all of that? I don't really know. So far as that goes, she seems relatively incorruptible. Yeah, well, she's definitely got integrity, hey. And I mean, that's, I guess, because that's my big thing at the moment in a personal subjective sense and what I see lacking in the world a lot. I see it in her and it's very attractive. Mm. 
and I see it in others as well. She's not the only one I see it in. I see it in like Jared Rennick, who's yeah. a Liberal senator, and I'm yeah. sure his seat's rather safe. I think he's got such a. Ma- I mean, he would probably. Yeah. I find it really interesting it. that he has stuck with the Liberal Party. Which, yeah. I mean, when I, we go to their policies, it's like he's on the wrong team in a way. Yeah. It, it's. I wonder what will happen there. Um, I guess he's trying to stick to do you think it is because he's trying to stick to that like classical liberal but he yeah philosophy now that the party has shifted away from that maybe it's tactical he's in a conservative like electorate so he wants to keep his seat so he has some power and maybe he kind of thinks in the long term that the liberal party can be brought into a better time maybe you know maybe he's got his own personal ambitions um i'm sure i'm sure that's always but yeah i mean it seems like his line is not really the party line it would seem no and i wonder how he reconciles that and how that yeah anyway he's yeah do you know his electorate uh i did hang on i don't know if no i didn't even include it in my notes i've got it somewhere Um, no i don't know sorry um i may as well get started yeah, please do. I'll just interject if I have anything. Yeah, of course. Um, there's to contribute something that's coming meaningful. up now that I look forward to getting your input on. So, uh, why should you vote? Well, we think this could be the most significant election of our lifetime. There are life-altering, like proper societal-altering plans laid out before us. Mm-hmm. At the centre of that is digital IDs and medical mandates. So these go against the Bill of Human Rights and the Nuremberg Code, which I think it's very important to remember that those pieces of, you know, whatever they are, those guides, those those legislations, they were documented at a time f- following, like, the rise and near victory of fascism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they, they're like this kind of timeless document that can show us at any time in the future... If we are confused about what's morally acceptable, we have this thing to remind us what's morally acceptable. And that that is, it's around bodily autonomy as like, yeah. it's human rights and like, you know, that's kind of the core of anti-fascism in a way. And, you know, people want to argue that it's under the guise of, you know, health, but it doesn't matter. It really, it does. It shouldn't matter what the guise is. Whether whether this me- the medical procedures that they want to force upon people are effective or not. Like it's just we know that it is wrong to force people to undergo a medical procedure. So the World Health Organization will later this year present the Global Pandemic Treaty. You can look it up. Mm-hmm. That will be presented to all the governments in the world. So. The Australian Parliament will be presented with that document later this year. That'll be, yeah. I mean, it could be very interesting if it was a very if it was hung Parliament. It won't get approved by, that, by if the we have a democratic outcome. Yeah, that's right. But if it's the majors, it so will. It'll get Greens, Labor, and Liberal are yes. all pro that yes. measure. Yes, which is my big concern because it's all to do with that the UN WEF alliance. 
yeah. and the sustainable development goals as set forth by the UN and the 2030 agenda, mm. which to me is the priority of this election is to, um, yes, preempt that, which is, I think, what you're saying, isn't it? That if that, and I guess, what was it that you're talking about that they're going to be voting on? Oh, the global pandemic treaty. Thank you. Yep. So that is likely informed by Bill Gates and his new book, I would imagine. Being yeah. As it's who so and it's it employs that there. germ yes. team. Yes. Um, but he is the major funder of the That's World right. Health Organization. He's the so most. I've got like the the mechanisms that they essentially possess within that treaty. So they have the authority under that agreement Mm -hmm. to define what a pandemic is and amend that at any time, which they do anyway. Yeah. Um, The World Health Organization, they get to decide who develops the treatments at any given time. Mm -hmm. Which they do anyway. They dictate each cities, so any city in the world, well, any city that's signed on. It should be noted that any any country that doesn't sign on, they need, apparently, I don't know how these things work, but they need two-thirds of the world's countries to for it to be, like, effective. Right. And then for countries that don't sign on, their plan is to implement sanctions yeah. on the countries that don't sign and on. And that, that is already happening in the world and has been for a long time. You know, that's what the IMF does. Right. They withhold funding. If you don't comply with the US, right? Basically, <laughs> so the like the treaty works basically as the World Health Organization. They get to kind of dictate the response by a city or state or country at any time. So you know, let's say there's an outbreak in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. um, and then they demand or instruct the government there to, you know, they need to lock down. Yeah. They need to mask and they need yeah. to, you know, we issue the vaccines. Yes. Um, to be forcibly administered if necessary. If necessary. Yeah. Which is already written into the West Australian legislation in the Health Act. Yeah, interesting. You can enter private premises and forcibly administer vaccination. So the pandemic treaty would override all countries' existing constitutional powers? It relies on the dissemination of public funds via the World Health Organization. Mm-hmm. So it's taxpayer funded. The idea there, you know, obviously, is evenly distribute resources yeah. so that, you know, rich countries can kind of supplement action in poor countries. Um, the instrument it professes to include data sharing between government and World Health Organization. Yeah, which is a WEF 2030 vision component talking about digital technology for the UN's sustainable development goals being met by Mm. 2030. Right. So there's, you know, they've got a very lofty kind of goal. (laughs) Mm. Like they want to, it's on the fast track. And they say it's being accelerated. Do you have that sound bite? We should play that possibly. Oh, yeah. It's so clear that, um, you know, it's, on the grounds of health. Mm. So well, that's what we talk about with the Nietzsche idea of the elevation of one virtue being at the expense of others. Right, hey? yeah. 
like health being unquestionably a virtue and public health. Mm. Anything is justified. And Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will sign a, will witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding on a strategic partnership between the UN and the World Economic Forum, which outlines areas of cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 agenda. Well, it's funny when you look at, like, go to the UN website and look at the 2030 agenda, it's... The language is so like benign. And it careful. is, and how could you ever argue against those things? Like there's 17 goals, those sustainable development goals. It's like you'd be heartless but to it, argue against no poverty or you, zero hunger. You don't have to dig deep though. No, to, like it's like if they want to, you know, eradicate world hunger. It's like, well, it's easy to do if you've killed five billion people. <laughs> you know, it's like it's not. It's true. They're not trying to do it in a way that's like. They're going to plant organic crops and restore soil and, you know, it'd be so nice to think that that was... Well, that I mean, it's interesting because that was what Bill Gates' last book was about, how that was not the answer. Oh. The answer is vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I just want to take a moment to... I've had a few comments come across my desk lately of people saying that it is entirely reasonable to question that TED talk that he gave years ago where he talks about doing a really good job of healthcare mm. to bring the population yeah. down to yeah. a, a more manageable level. Yeah. Anyone who nods their head and goes, yeah, yeah. So that was 2015, I think. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I've, I remember bringing that up maybe last year or the year before when before the kind of mandates came in and mm. people were being like, yeah, of course, because like, Education is what's like saving women's lives. It's like, yes, you know, in third world developing nations, yes, we can accept that statistic. But we're not talking about education. We're talking about healthcare. The words are healthcare will bring down the global population. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, just because you use the word healthcare, you know, replace that word with like murder by needle or something <laughs> like... <laughs> And then, then tell me that it's like completely fine. I know because we're it, being alarmist, but well, I mean, just replace it with anything. Replace it with bananas. Would you not? If we do a really good job of growing bananas, we can bring the world population. To, would you not be sus suspect of bananas? It's then it's unbelievable that to think that we shouldn't be questioning Bill Gates' agenda, like his personal agenda that he profits from. Um, and how it's actually been allowed to happen that these people, him and Klaus and whoever else, actually get to decide the trajectory forward for the world. Yeah, it's it's unbelievably dangerous, I guess, is the word. You know, like we're living in that time now and in terms of the turning of the age of Aquarius the trajectory forward if they're allowed to steer the ship is so transhumanist and yeah it's not not good mm. it's we need to remain in contact with what it actually means to be human and they seem to be not into that anyway keep going on your with your insights uh, didn't take us long to go there no but i mean i honestly that 
is what's at the core here. Well, and it, it can be evidenced that pandemic treaty is coming and we need parliamentarians to vote it down. That's, yes. That is what we need from this election. Um, okay, so who can we rely on to reject that? Well, as mentioned, Labor, Liberal, certainly the Greens. Nationals apparently get like a mention, but I don't, I've not come across any campaigning by the Nationals. Hmm. I think they exist in like Queensland, Northern New South Wales, and sure. their seats are rusted on. So Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, we are hoping that they won't. I guess they're a coalition, so it's the well, Liberal Party. Well, that's right, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's those parties that we can pretty much guarantee. If you ask me, the um, Clive Palmer United Party, They'll sell us out at the first chance. I think that's the danger with them. I mean, I'd like to think it, it's a bit grey, isn't it? I guess I like Craig Kelly. The um, language on the website is awesome, I will say. Like when it comes to like... I found their website super clunky, but maybe that was just me. Well, what they'd written Yeah, was, sure. Um, I was looking I really for, liked it. Yeah. Um, I but I don't trust it because, I mean, Clive Palmer is not a person who wants, you know, he's so, I mean, he's a bad guy. Well, I tend to agree. Really, I think he saw the opportunity to benefit from the misfortune of others, didn't he, in this? I don't this, think he cares about, like, why he, like vaccine mandates. No, on, he, I think he'd absolutely comply with anything if it was going to make him some money. And it's um, an opportunity for him because he can talk about it comes under the freedom umbrella. Yeah. But he, the freedom that he wants is to like develop mines in national parks and yes. develop real estate on yes. sacred sites, and yeah. he wants economic freedom, like a developer freedom. Yeah, like which is at the expense freedom. of it's, the environment and all of those things. So, yeah, I I'm very wary of the UAP. Definitely, I'd be them much as low. Yeah, I don't know where I'll put them yet, but I. I do have my doubts about them, even though... And, I mean, just looking at Craig Kelly's chart, he, I think he is well-intended, but unfortunately I think he's been sort of co-opted and now he's working for the man, isn't he? So it's like mm. he's just going to do what he's told, essentially, by Clive. And, yeah, uh, you know, if you ask me, I think he's, like, quite money-grubbing. Craig Kelly? I think he wants... You know, a six-figure income and he feels like he can get it out of Clive. That's why he hasn't gone independent and why he hasn't Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it, that he didn't go independent and he could have. But I think it was a mutually beneficial alliance for those two men, wasn't it, that Craig could walk into a... And they probably share some philosophy. I'm sure they do share common ground. I, I think... Craig Kelly genuinely has some decent principles Me at too. heart, much more than Clive Palmer does. I think he is genuine in that sense, but I also see what you're saying. Um, and everyone's got a price, don't they? And everyone, supposedly, and everyone's like, as human beings, we are corruptible by nature. Like mm-hmm. it is part of our part of our makeup. So, um, but yeah, some people have more integrity than others. Yeah, I'd like to think that Craig Kelly. Yeah, I tend to agree with you though. The UAP. Might I mean, there's be so many good candidates it out there. It's we don't you don't need don't to don't need to bother. No. You say okay. What about the Lib Dems? Okay, I, so Lib Dems. Well, I wrote on them. They're highly organised. 
They've got a lot of brains in there, quite a lot of money, it would seem. Um, they're, yeah, highly educated, like, political organization. Looking at their, you know, if you go to their website, it kind of invites you to really assess, the, like, the philosophy. Yeah, he's big about that. John Humphreys is the president, isn't he? But he's not a politician as such, I don't think. I don't know. I didn't come across his name. But it, it reminded me of like the, the foundations of the Liberal Party at their invention. Yes, so they're libertarians. Small government, yeah. um, low Personal taxes, freedom. highly, you know, they list as being highly opposed to mandates. They want decentralized education. Yeah. They want less surveillance in society. Something they're campaigning on is citizens' right to veto legislation and recall elections. Right. So that's pretty like populist like, and good, I think. Yeah. Um, it gets at like democracy. They want to bring in voluntary voting, which is something that I personally think is a good idea. Do you? Yeah. What's the argument for voluntary voting well, as opposed to mandatory or compulsory? It's that you get people voting who are resentful and or misinformed. So they're resentful at having to vote and they're also, they'll make up their mind according to like headline newspapers. Okay. So they're kind of you know, people who are not interested necessarily in voting will just go, this is what I have been essentially instructed, programmed. You know, they're not going to admit sure. that. But it's yeah. like politically uninformed and disinterested people. So would you even say like uneducated? Because then it becomes like a slippery Not necessarily. Because like people who are uneducated have the right to, if they're interested... But it's people who are not interested who, you know, the the suspicion is, I suppose, is that those minds get, you know, misinformed by Rupert Murdoch headlines, yes. for example. I think that's... And then they go and say, vote this bunch out. Like, you know, after... I mean, I don't think that the Labor Party... But, you know, Kevin 07 was so... That was kind of a revolution for the Labor Party. It ushered in like this potentially awesome era which was absolutely like imploded mm. by like the Murdoch press. Yes. And, uh, you know, arguably we've had these succeeding, is that the word? <laughs> these governments come into power following <laughs> 2007 and it has been by people who ultimately are, are disinformed and, and, and informed by headlines, essentially. And I guess it... It's, it suits the agenda to have those people voting. 100%. I mean, that's yeah. a person like Rupert Murdoch would be very pro mandatory voting. Yes. Because it allows him to decide outcomes ultimately. And that, that can be evidence. That's like political science for sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't doubt it. It's, um, yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about that for a while. My daughter keeps asking me about lowering the voting age yeah well that's not a bad idea as well yeah. i think lower to 16 i know the greens brought that up some years ago yeah well i remember feeling strongly when i was 16 that it should be lowered and yeah i mean i guess there's good arguments for it there's yeah. a lot of very um engaged young people that should have a right to say well, and it's their future, right? Like that's the central that's right. argument. Yeah, is like absolutely. In four years, they'll be 20. Like they'll be looking to 
hopefully, you know, enjoy some prosperity yeah. if there's any going around. <laughs> um, what did you think about the Lib Dems? Oh, well, I just like the um, – uh, I listened to a couple of interviews with John Humphreys who started the Lib Dems, I think, and he talks about, yeah, personal freedom and autonomy as being fundamental to their party and minimising the power of the state. Mm. And he he puts them um, – he, he says it's hard to define them in terms of the classical – political spectrum but they're mostly identified as um center right Mm. but he looks at it more from the libertarian versus authoritarian perspective which you know they're obviously libertarian they're not into authoritative rule by the state Mm. governments so yeah and i i guess that's my concern i think we talked about this off air but might be a okay time to mention it that is the danger with Albanese winning that then we'll have a Labor federal as well as many Labor state governments. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that mean in terms of this authoritarian well, role that I, seems to be yeah. catching? <laughs> I, we probably should start preparing for that. I mean, I think it's going to be... I think Labor will end up. It'll be Prime Minister Anthony. Right. Yeah, um, I... You know, looking at yeah the way that they're presenting and their appeal, but you know, we this is why we need to really support the miners because yes, you know it doesn't right. matter if it's Prime Minister Albo. You know, if we've got small parties holding the balance of power to a large degree, well then. There's no, it's not a Labor government. Yeah, it's, and that certainly is. It's what a we democratic need, government. Yeah. We, you know, honestly, the idea that you would have a party, I mean, of course, they're all going to vote one way on something. Mm. It's it's not democratic representation. No. So, um, hey, One Nation. Getting back to Arnie Pauline, mm. they basically consider they consider the vaccine mandates to be the number one issue at this election. Right. They want a royal commission. Which is brilliant. Yes, I want a royal commission for what it's worth. And, I mean, I guess that's a good time to mention Jupiter being in Aries as of today um, and how that can be looked at from the point of view of law and order and a cohesive society Mm. uh, that being jupiter um jupiter does that by function and um going into aries which is the first sign of the zodiac um where it will remain until the end of october before going back to pisces for until the end of the year and then come back into aries for the beginning of 2023 it'll it's interesting to look at it in that sense of um, – and also Aries as being like the individual and individual rights mm. in light of that Jupiter influence. Right. That gives me hope as well that we may be looking at more independence mm. in yeah, holding the balance of power. I certainly do hope so. She argues that the government should defend people in choosing their bodily fates. Those were her words. Wow. Yeah. Indeed, they should. Yes. So they're very much about 
the government as essentially protecting citizens from, you know, the they've always campaigned, <laughs> yeah, from the state. <laughs> so they've always campaigned on uh, manufacturing and, you know, local jobs. So they're quite strong on like community values. So that's really lovely, but um, as well we have to – I was listening to um, a conversation between Yuval Harari and Russell Brand that I think it was 2017 and they were having questions – well, Yuval was fielding questions from a young audience, from high school kids, and he was talking about the useless class, which he um, – uses intentionally as a provocative term to kind of snap people into reality of the future Mm. um, because the automation of so many jobs is imminent. Yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, so he talks about, you know, in terms of the political world, if you are meeting, like if you pose the question to governments, what are you going to do about this issue? And they sort of turn it into a thing about people having jobs. It may be a sign that they are not across the real issues of like that actually jobs are disappearing. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a fact. You know, that reminds me of, um, you know, when around the time that Donald Trump came into power in 2016 Mm. and you had, for want of a better term, and I respect Republicans for sure, but... You know, you had a bunch of dumb Republicans. You know, their cry was, um, you will not replace us. Alexa will not replace us. Mm. Google will not replace us. Do you remember that? Yeah, vaguely. So there was, (coughs) and like South Park tore into that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for South Park. There's some of the best political analysis around. Yes, it is, yeah. And they, you know, they, they did like a whole season like trajectory wow. on like Donald Trump winning. And they had the member berries. I don't know if you ever saw the little no. member berries. They were like little no, blackberries that used to, and they kind of, <laughs> it was the member berries like people were eating the member berries and getting um really nostalgic <laughs> for like an era <laughs> gone by. And so people, Aww. and I guess their argument was that Donald Trump you know, that make America great again mm. idea, ideal was like, let's return to the golden era mm-hmm. of like when things were great. And the member berries, you know, they talk about like, remember, oh, I can't give an example, but oh, remember Toto? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Toto Africa. Like they, yeah. so they, they would, they used to reminisce of like basically the 80s and 90s and like this era. And then I guess you have like Randy Marsh, who's a, probably center leftist Mm. and so in under donald trump they replaced like alexa say or like google home or whatever with like a redneck republican in the home (laughs) who would like give you the time or like tell you like what the traffic was like what the weather's gonna be today that's funny and then when randy marsh's republican kicked off about not wanting to do the job randy marsh was like well the job that you have done all your life, you know, basically he said like truck driving and coal mining are not jobs now. So you have to do this job. Like, 
So that's a long way around of saying like, yes, it's like if one nation want to have, you know, cotton t-shirt factories with lovely old Queensland women sewing them, well, mm. that ain't the world now. No, and I think we need to face that reality. I agree that, that there's, you know, out of touch is probably like the way to... Elon Musk talks about it and um, the universal basic income. Yeah. I think that's also, uh, I think for psychology, it's not really realistic because people won't sit around healthily getting yeah, paid. Yeah, well, that's a really good point. And also, who's going to fund it? Because that, that was the point that Harari makes about it is, um, of course, Australia will potentially be okay with funding its own quote-unquote useless class mm. to survive but um it will probably and it, its electorate you know australians would probably not be too happy with our tax dollars funding indonesian useless class for example mm. useless class yeah well that's his term and i use it very uncomfortably i don't like it as a term but he he says that he uses it intentionally and provocatively to to bring people's attention to the dangers of the future Mm. um and yeah i mean i think it's naive to pretend that that's not something we need to look at you know and face head on you know we are the automation of so many industries is imminent. Yeah, and I guess maybe that kind of comes back to that position that we might hold otherwise, um, that, like, a government's not going to save us. Like, Yeah, and I think, you know, that will be the silver lining if, if we do wake up on Sunday with ScoMo or, you know, a very dominant major party you know status quo essentially is that we get again once again thrown back upon our own inner resources and we have to decide for ourselves what to do with our lives which is actually a gift but um yeah (laughs) yes we cannot rely on being saved by someone which brings me to another candidate that i wanted to mention i wondered if you'd looked into them at all um Ricardo Bosi's, yeah, so Ricardo Bosi, who is the leader of the Australia One Party. Rick Bosi. Oh, is that how he's marketing himself now? <laughs> On the Australia One website. Oh, yeah, right. Rick Bosi. Yeah, okay, I guess it's more PR friendly. Um, yeah, I mean, he he is a bit of a, as I understand it, conspiracy theorist. Mm. So... I came across him, I think, in 2020 when I briefly sort of entertained QAnon theories just for investigative purposes. There is a QAnon tone to this website. Oh, undoubtedly. So as far as I'm aware, that's what he's into. And he, like, so yeah, I can't speak too clearly on him because I have this kind of reluctance to... I'm not that into Q. So, and I think he actually follows Q. I think that's part of how he rolls. So he's, um, 
so I don't yeah necessarily see it all that clearly, but I definitely see. I mean, in terms of transits, he's been undergoing like a a long term kind of Neptune transit, which can correlate to some very positive things in terms of tapping into the zeitgeist for positive effect and connecting with people as a symbol. And there certainly is the potential for him to have done or to be doing that. People who love him. So he came to Bunbury last year Mm. he's traveled all over australia and he's very loved by those who love him um but i mean the negative end of the spectrum with neptune transits is like this ego inflation loss of personal boundaries and delusions which i can really see in him that he he often wears so he is a decorated military guy and he wears his uniform with pride. Reinstate death penalty for treason and life imprisonment for sedition. So there, he's really into prosecution of those involved in like, you know, the pedophile rings mm. that Q believes in, all of that. And, you know, I think he pushes the idea that you know, everyone is involved in that throughout, like that's, you know, infiltrated to the upper echelons of parliament, yep. um, even including ScoMo. <laughs> so, uh, like, if I I don't entertain that and I haven't really looked into that, to be honest, and if I'm wrong about that, and, I mean, perhaps I will be and perhaps that is the the actual truth of what's going on, willing to be wrong about that I want to be wrong like I mean no I don't want to be wrong I want them to be wrong I don't want there to be pedophile rings <laughs> running the world government <laughs> the shadow government of the world um and I think that's where he's at but yeah interesting because he may be a dark horse be interesting if you got a seat define political Islam as a banned ideology Re-establish gender as male or female and as having a biological basis. Good luck with that. Yeah, legalise vaping and the important importation of vaping products. Wow. Interesting. Replace all taxes with a single federal 2% expenditure tax. Deregulate the power industry. Yeah, yeah, cool. I mean, that that would be... His election would be such a cool, dark horse within yeah. the <laughs> Well, what I like about anyone else other than the majors is that disruptive quality. And in terms of the Saturn-Uranus square that's been ongoing for the last couple of years and is you know a dominant theme of this eclipse season, even though Saturn and Uranus remain sort of somewhat out of orb, but they're coming back together shortly for the end of 2022 so um that theme is ongoing in terms of you know like status quo versus utter disruption and rebellion and revolution so Mm. i really hope that that's what we see hey going back to manufacturing oh yeah heaps of the miners they mention that and they kind of stand for yeah i see that in the liberals and labors And, you know, you've got to kind of think that, you know, if there's a, obviously there is a kind of public desire for local manufacturing and what it brings. It does bring 
prosperity and it brings jobs it it might make things more expensive but it probably can be regulated with taxation i i mean when you get a globalist kind of saying like we don't live in that world we can't have local manufacturing in a rich country say or you know arguably a post-colonial country like australia it's like it's kind of like why not if yeah, people want right. it and the government can like employ the machines to create it mm. what like if people want it and are willing to kind of pay for it and go for it i don't see why not and personally i would say well there is a small but vocal kind of force for want of a better term promoting like hemp mm. industrialized hemp mm. and manufacturing of that and i feel like there are a couple of resources that we could really tap into I to wish generate. We would do hemp. I'm I mean, I, it's mm. so disappointing that I have not seen the word hemp oh, in my man. research or so, cannabis for that matter. It's so frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. It, that's so much of the way forward, I think, is. That, I mean, if you want to see utopia, if you want to go to a planet that has lives in a utopia it would be like earth but with hemp yeah. like you know there's no no plastics like there's no there's no need for plastic when you damage because in. utopia has hemp that's for sure yeah it's yeah frustrating and disappointing that it's so but i guess that points to its um potential probably that you know if we were to bring in hemp i mean the majors just won't do it because it's too it's too good. As an aside, Donald Trump signed the industrialization hemp bill. I do vaguely remember that, yes. Yeah. Um, um, not that it was his idea and I, you know, people say, well, he wouldn't have known what he was signing. Well, well yeah. let's present <laughs> one here before Anyone Albo. Know. and. I, I guess, um, yeah, the thing that I think about in relation to the manufacturing idea and, you know, manufacturing happening within australia um it's a little bit like maga it makes me think of that make australia great again idea oh it is that it's the same thing yeah yeah so and in that sense that to me is like now i'm not saying it's not possible and possibly may even be desirable to go that way but i don't know if it's realistic but yeah that's that's why i say like if, if, if people want it why is it not? Yeah, Maybe it I think it, it just... yes, it should be definitely considered, and I it, it's like they dismiss it out of hand because someone like Yuval Harari says it's not possible. Yeah, maybe in the kind of globalist and like the neoliberal economy, it doesn't work where it's a race to the bottom of like cost of manufacturing. But yeah, yeah, that's I, I think people where are it comes over that, from, isn't it? And obviously, if you ask like any economist like neoliberalism has failed it was an appallingly bad experiment that we are still trying to revive somehow and it just Mm. all it is is the transfer of public money into private hands yes anyway um australian federation party dr judy wileyman author of vaccination australia's loss of health freedoms which was, let's say, published in 2020 before COVID. <laughs> she is the man for the job. She's um, 
quite brilliant in a lot of ways. Yep. I was really impressed by her presentation that I saw. The AFP want to introduce a town hall forum per electorate where constituents can go and raise their hands, basically, mm. <laughs> to ask questions and hold members accountable. Imagine they they want to see that kind of style of governance. They want referendums. Um, they stand for anti-corruption at a legal level, an overhaul of whistleblower laws. They want an overhaul of the ABC and they will stand to prevent the intervention of the World Health Organization in Australian health policy. And that's like their kind of priority. Sounds at this stage. like we have a winner. Yeah, so that's um, the AFP, Australian Federation Party. I think uh, that's where I'll... This, the candidate here in Forest is Maylee Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems nice. <laughs> <laughs> She's a permaculturalist, a mother and a doula. This is her bio. Wow. But I, I mean, I would... Yeah, because I, I like Judy a lot and Peter Harris seems to very much... I mean, he... He has political nous. Mm. He could definitely, I mean, he could lead a parliament, I'm sure. Mm. He could be a prime minister. Yeah, right. Um, I think, yeah, they're a very, very good prospect for Australia. Wow. Well, that's, yeah, that's promising. I, um, I like the sound of that. It ticks very many boxes, doesn't it? Mm. Have you, like, do you know much of Judy's work? Oh, uh, yeah. Book? Well, no, I haven't read that book, though we, Dad, owns that book I haven't had a chance to have a look at it yet but um yeah I'm very aware of her and I've heard her speak several times in the last few years she's very passionate she's very intelligent she's very you know she's got a PhD which was you know and it's all about the dangers of vaccination Mm. (laughs) pre-COVID so um she was she's a staunch advocate in terms of the truth around vaccination um, and how it's actually not what it seems and never really has been so yeah I'm I am aware of her and yeah I do I am interested in that book certainly I wish I had read it so I could say more about her I I don't have a chart for Judy because her uh, yeah her birth data is not available online so but if she if her party can come into some kind of you know, more powerful position, that information will come available. But, yeah, she's a very courageous person and, you know, she's been like a dog with a bone with this. She's very persistent and a woman of integrity, certainly, Mm. which, yep, that's important. Another party that has popped up, the IMOP, Informed Mm -hmm. Medical Options Party. Yep. Also part of that CADCO alliance, as is the Australian Federation Party, Great Australia Party. So IMOP, uh, the video that I saw for them was um, Alona Hahn. She's a candidate in Queensland. She talked about sickness industry mm-hmm. and basically the corruption of like the parliament by lobbying from medical industry which big pharma in particular i guess yeah so i thought that was like those are words (laughs) yeah fighting words yeah 
you're going to get into trouble with that, with the lobbyists. Um, but they stand for medical choice and transparency. Mm-hmm. They want to see an inquiry into vaccines and vaccine injuries like broadly, not yep. just around the COVID vaccine. Yep. Um, yes, because it was an issue before COVID vaccines. It's just that it paled into insignificance when compared with the COVID vaccines. <laughs> Actually, that's what Judy says <laughs> right, is that like yeah. she's to some degree, she's kind of glad that, you know, despite the injuries, which are terrible, but it's brought it into, you know, this conversation has been needing to be had. For such a long time, yeah. Yeah, and it's where RFK's energy has been for the last 15 years or Mm. whatever that he's been on that bandwagon too, fighting the good fight. And then these new mRNA vaccines just upped the ante so much um, in terms of the dangers that they pose and the the mandates, Mm. the widespread mandates around the world, which... As I've said before, and you know, we'll continue to say, such a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pfizer have announced another record-breaking quarter. profit. Yeah. Yeah. Quarter. Yeah. Uh, Australian Values Party. These guys look. Their fly is green. Their design language is super green. Yeah. And they're both I, very handsome. I noticed handsome. that they are indeed. Um, do you think that that's about an alliance with no, not an alliance with the Greens, but like sort of an alignment with those an values? alignment with the Greens? An alignment well, with Green values. They kind of put, um, they kind of are campaigning on bodily autonomy, and um, Rebecca Pizzi, who's going for the Senate in WA, she talked about holding the government accountable for their um, lack of intervention with the states mandating and like shutting borders and stuff. Mm. So I suppose Heston Russell's the leader. Uh, He kind of looks like a Sydney sider. I'm not sure where they're based, but I suppose that's kind of at the core of what they're doing is like they're kind of campaigning on. I mean, there's a lot of people that are pretty mad about closing borders and the way that, you know, states responded in different ways. Mm. Because, I mean, of course that exposed like, not like that the response was kind of unscientific then mm. but they also she said um if elected they would demand the release of the health advice around the vaccine right yeah well i mean i guess in terms of the border closures and hard borders and all of that it if you look at it in terms of the um WEF agenda they'd be getting points for having done that and bill gates says if if the whole world responded the way Australian state premiers responded, the world would be a better place. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's largely what his book is proposing and the whole, this agenda that's being brought forward later this year. So I guess then that you have like these very like sectional jurisdictions. Mm. And I don't think that's a bad thing in in terms of like, I think like, you know, Local people should govern local people. I don't think that's bad by its in its essence. But when it comes to... I mean, of course, we've got to be realistic about what impact that has upon broader communities. So, yeah, it's tricky. But I just tend to think that, you know, 
those who enacted those hard borders like Al McGowan and old mate Dan Andrews and he resigned, the Northern Territory guy Gunner. yesterday, Michael Gunner, yeah. Yeah, good um, riddance. Yes, for... Pig. Yeah, so um, those people undoubtedly would have got points for their responses and I wonder if they were doing that intentionally, <laughs> you know, like if like they're Like careerists. Looking, yes, It's a yes, career strategy. Yeah, oh, for sure. That's right. Because you get employment with, you know, the UN yeah, or that's right. Pfizer yeah. afterwards, for yeah, sure. Yeah, much yeah. more profitable than being Premier. Gunner will... Go on to do great things with the WEF. Or wherever he wants. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 They, they will not be living in the Northern Territory by the end of this year, I tell you. Yeah. Um, Australian value parties... They state that they oppose two-party politics. Great. And um, they're campaigning on mental health as a policy priority, particularly with a nod to veterans and young people, which, I mean, they're the two most at-risk categories. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely worthy of, like, a a Senate vote or... I mean, in the interest of upsetting the apple cart, you know, I might be inclined to put... Rebecca Pizzi in there. Mm-hmm. Number one. Yeah. Senate. We'll see. Are you ready to talk about the major parties? Oh, yes. It, yep. You got, you got charts there? Well, I've got, yes, Gomos and... Um, Albos? Albos, yeah. And Adam Vance. Oh, perfect. But, um, the trilogy. The trinity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, sure. Let's go ahead. So, if you if, did you check out the Labor website? Uh, yes, a few days ago, yes. They have this, like, you know, visual communication and verbal communication, like, written, that is, like, so leftist. Yes. I, they are really embracing the left. So, they're, they're going after the left vote big time. Mm. And I guess they're betting on that like 50% of Australians are like identify as leftists mm. at the moment. Yeah. Um, is which that is a probably, fact or? It's probably not a bad bet considering. I mean, there's a lot of disillusionment around and people are, you know, still wanting to remain kind of moderate and somewhat conservative, but mm-hmm. obviously very dissatisfied with the government's kind of results over the last however long 12 years i think um some of the stuff that labor are talking about um in their policies they want a robo debt royal commission which is a good idea what is it remember some years ago i guess it would have been in the last term of government but this government they um, sent out letters to people who had been overpaid by, allegedly overpaid by Centrelink. Yes. And, you know, it caused a mental health crisis and yes. death. You know, people killed themselves and things because they would get these letters saying that they owed, you know, amounts of money that a lot of people who were on welfare, particularly if it's intergenerational, you know, they see a five-figure debt and they think that that's an amount of money that they could never even cope with and they're at risk anyway, so... It caused like enormous damage Gosh. and a lot of it was like incorrect. Hmm. Um, yeah, there were mistakes made, weren't there? And that was really led by... Um, Not the least of which being the whole premise of the thing. 
Of course. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I think that the robo debt was led by um, the West Australian sold order. Christian Porter. Christian Porter. Right. So he was yeah, responsible right. for yes, robo debt. Yes, yeah. And so I think if, if Labor win and execute that Royal Commission, like he deserves that. Mm. Like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, no, it was not A complete good. waste of taxpayers' money. It didn't even pay for itself. Mm. You know, not not oh, enough abhorrent. money was recovered from poor people to cover the cost yeah. of executing Honestly, it. Honestly, look at your priorities, man. Like, go and chase someone who... Pick on someone your own size. Oh. Far out. And it's appalling. To say the least. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and he's just kind of slid off into the night, oh, that yeah. serpent. So, yeah. Well, he's I, I haven't got his chart in front of me, but I do remember looking at his chart at that time and then again when the sexual, like whatever they were, the allegations. Oh, it was rape, but wasn't it? it yeah, rape but it was like, back, I mean, he was like a at teenager uni. or something yeah. when he's, you know, <sighs> supposed to have done whatever it was that he did. Yeah, I know that he was in it in an astrological sense, <laughs> having some really serious transits. So maybe he's making good of that behind closed doors. We could hope. Yeah. But uh, probably unlikely, I guess. But, mm. They talk about future-proofing water resources, but I didn't actually look into it because it's like blah, blah, blah. Um, fixing the NBN, fighting corruption. Um, well, they say the right things, don't they? Yeah. Like yes, like you say, they're after that left. But well, it's really... <laughs> but the leftist stuff is like they have strong policy on climate change. Yeah, yeah. They talk but about inclusivity. Like, quote, unquote, isn't it? It's like, oh, it doesn't mean it anything. Do, it doesn't it's, mean... It's, it's strong language. Yes. But inclusivity, women's rights and women's safety is something that they're really campaigning well, on. populist, isn't it? Inclusivity especially. Not that what does anything. that actually mean? Yeah. They also talk about national security, Medicare reform, mm. and the Pacific family. So those three like topics for me, three issues, would really benefit <laughs> from a global scheme, I would think. I would imagine so, yes. You know, Medicare, Seems they want to make it easier to get well. to the doctor. Maybe the doctor can come to you. <laughs> Maybe they'll start making house calls again. Um, the Pacific family. Uh, I haven't heard that word before. That yeah, phrase. I think the Greens kind of echoed it a little bit as well. Yeah, of course. That so there. That's why I have such concerns over Labor and the Greens in particular. I feel like Liberal may be less in the pockets of. I mean, I guess. Because of the green and arguably listening to that labor agenda, it, they will um, compromise on like Australian sovereignty in order to meet their own idealistic vision for all this other crap that they label very nicely, like inclusivity. And that's how I read it, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a very cynical national kind security. of view, isn't it? I mean, but it's no, like... You just have to look at history. It's, you know, national security. It's like, well, how do we strengthen national security? Well, by having digital IDs. Right. Right. Of course, yeah. that. Of course, digital IDs will increase national security. Yeah. And, and you can put this beautiful dress and bow on it. So, and on the front page of the WEF 
2030 vision. It says digital technology for the global goals. The global goals are the 17 sustainable development goals listed by the UN to transform our world. And that's a quote, direct quote, transform our world, mm-hmm. which is to be done by 2030. Just Hurry to up. make that point again, if I didn't make it clearly enough yeah. <laughs> yet. So by <laughs> this contrast. This is my biggest concern with majors. Yeah. Well, yeah. With anyone, with anyone. If anyone, yeah, I think, you know, well, the majors it, are unlikely to protect us from this agenda. Whereas we may get a little bit more critical thought and pushback and transparency and, you know, discussion. I would agree, but I would emphasise both those things. I think Labor, uh, the majors will throw us in. Yes, and with no questions will asked and it not. won't get any publicity in the papers or anything. Yes, like just like Labor signed, I think it was Labor, like really were very strong on the Pacific Trade Agreement. Yeah. Which eroded so many, like, so much autonomy. Yeah. Um. No one, no one knows what that is. Yeah. Like, and no one really cared. But it was, I remember reading the proposal of that and being like shocked and terrified. And like, yeah. they're not going to implement this. Surely not. Yeah. And I remember my friends at the time being like, yeah, no, nah, we'll never get through. Mm. Got through. Yeah. Do you know, Donald Trump, fuck him, a Trumper. Trump tore up, pulled America out of the Pacific Trade Agreement. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was like, at the time, painted as a real negative by the press. Of course, eh? But yeah. it's like, man, because, yeah. And I think that was one of the things that had me quaking in my boots a bit, thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to flip to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those moments, seeds of doubt that were planted about my left well, allegiance. S- speaking of the other side, did you go to the Liberal website? Yes, I did, Oh, yeah. my God. Talk about conservative. It's incredibly like nothing. That's what I took from it. What do you I don't do? think they'd updated it since 2007. Yeah. <laughs> they maybe changed some dates, but they have not like it was phenomenally like banal and yes, like, like devolved. Y- yeah. It had no like evolution whatsoever from like They have got a old... photo of ScoMo. Right. <laughs> so they put that up there. Um, it. it it looked to me like ultra conservative with really firm language. And so I suppose they're trying to appeal to, they are betting that 50% or more are like more conservative. But I think, I think they're wrong. they're underestimating the, the discontent. I think the discontent is greater among conservatives. Yes, I think so too, because of the leftist agenda. I mean, I do, actually, I won't call it the leftist agenda, even though it may be... The global that. agenda. It's yeah. the global agenda, yeah. and not only that, but like this war on the West thing, mm. the Douglas Murray idea about, you know, the Which tearing down of with history. a lot of people who are, you know... Conservative. Well, yeah. Yeah. I found this noteworthy on their website that... The second line in the list of policies was forestry. (laughs) And they state clearly they will not impose any restrictions on native logging. Which to me, even though no bastard is talking about it, deforestation is like, if you want to talk about climate change, we need to talk about deforestation if you want to actually mathematize Australia's contribution to global emissions, our emissions 
pale and insignificant to the effects of our deforestation. Yes. Particularly with regard to like the tarkine. Mm. Are you kidding me? We're not even having a conversation about cutting down the tarkine, which Bob Brown dedicated his entire life to protecting and he's still down there in his 80s protecting it. I know. I don't know. Locking on. I would love to talk to Bob Brown. Where the hell is Bob Brown? He's just locked onto a huge tree. (laughs) (laughs) He's the last man standing. (laughs) Yeah. It's so distressing to think about that and... Yeah, to me, I like mean, put the libs last. Based on, I mean, it, put the libs last. No one reckon. is doing seeing anything meaningful on climate change. If you ask me, no I'm not is. sure that I this is that, the yeah. time. I think there's yeah, other yeah. priorities, but we need to. But we can't lose sight of that. So I guess again, that's where we come back to, you know, the the elevation of one at the expense of others. So yeah, I mean, I say this because I was talking it the other day to someone saying that you know, the priority is freedom, you know, and individual liberty and rights. Um, And I stand by that, but I do not want that to be at the expense of forests. Mm. And um, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right that the protection of forest needs to be the top agenda alongside personal freedoms and right to refuse medical procedures and i think um, so for australia freedom of speech we know that scomo's gonna sign that hideous freedom of speech removal of rights imminently so if he remains in power they have a uh, a quote we are working with partners across the globe who share our interests in a stable secure and prosperous region that's on their website <laughs> i can be it it's like their party line. I've got like nothing to say. It's like, it's so... Ugh. Who are our interests, the Liberal Party's <laughs> interests? <laughs> <laughs> and what region? Like <laughs> like Northern Sydney. <laughs> I mean, and when you look at the enormous fuck-up faux pas that was like ScoMo's handling of the submarine debacle like five minutes ago, you know, when he withdrew his agreement to have France build the submarines. Is that what happened? Yeah, and then I didn't really look with into the, it. Oh yeah, okay. Well, it was a... But I, I remember like Macron called ago. him a blithering idiot or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> and he is. Um, yeah, to just align with... And it's like, that's what's so dismal about it, I think, is that ScoMo has this like MAGA vision of his own you know, make Australia great again. He wants to align with America and play with the big boys. And so that egoic kind of, I wouldn't even say it's like careerist. It's like, it's so juvenile, so mm, infantile. I would agree. He And it may not even be conscious for him, but he just wants to be one of those guys. You know, yeah. like he wants to be among the big world leader on that stage and i saw that as well when he um he actually spoke to the world i think it was at davos this year and watching that video of him so he was just an online participant at davos and it was so embarrassing i mean you just cringe from the moment the camera's on him he's just like almost blushing and gushing and just like so 
thrilled to be a part of <laughs> Properly <laughs> God, thrilled. Like, I like, think he literally, like, the first word out of his mouth was g'day. Yeah, it was. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah but, and, like, um, everyone cringed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> World cringes. So, How good is yeah. Australia? <laughs> Mate. It's what he said when he won the last election. Yeah, I know. How oh. good. So, um, yeah, I don't have... I mean, in terms of his chart, yes, he was born and, or close to a full moon. Um, his moon may be in Scorpio or Sagittarius, but he's certainly... It, it's in the limelight. It's his birthday um, on the 13th. Is that tomorrow? Mm, Next day. Saturday. No, oh. Friday. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Right. Something yeah, that's right. To. It is. So yeah, he's he's definitely in the limelight. Um, Saturn in Aquarius is opposing his Jupiter in Leo, which is definitely can be sensed as like a downer. <laughs> a loss. I, yeah, a loss. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, I mean, in the intro, yeah, I'm quite happy to be wrong, but I reckon he's gonna lose his position of power. Yeah. Based on that alone, along Soccer with some that other... to the bank. Yeah. Not that I'm into prediction. Uh, the yeah. Greens. Can we talk about the Greens? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I looked at their website too, but oh, my God. Oh, it's nice and colourful. It's, yeah. Inclusive. Uh, yeah. Did you see first on their list of policies? Mm-hmm. Treaty and First Nations justice. Right. Yeah. Um, so, if you click on that... Mm-hmm. The, there's like a few paragraphs there. It starts with, this country was stolen. Yeah. And then they go on to, you know, provide some more rhetoric. Um, and then there's a big quote. Uh, we can't move forward until we reckon with the truth about our history. Mm. So that's aimed, I suppose, if you're talking about our, it's talking about Europeans. Um, their policy idea is that they... they initiate a treaty with Aboriginal people. I I don't think that's a bad idea. No, not at all. I, I'm all for it. But I think they need to be more careful with the language, to be honest. Um, yeah. They're not... That appeals to a, a group of people in Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah, it um, appeals to the people who are waging war on the West and want to tear down statues. Well, in terms of... I think like ideology, mm. but sp- specific to Aboriginal people and initiating a treaty. I think it's quite. That to be honest, like their whole the Greens' appeal is quite unashamedly like academic. Yeah, it yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, goes but to like a group of people who have been to university. Well, and, and live at university. Live in, and like inner city dwellers and yeah. like that cliche yeah, it, that, you know, you, they've gone back to that essentially in that, you know, you, you hear the cliche of, you know, the kind of outback lad being like, I don't want a bunch of inner city greenies telling me how to run the bush or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's the greens are embracing that mm. to like the core. Mm. I don't think it's particularly clever. I um, don't, yeah, I, I wonder about. I've had doubts about the leadership of the Greens since Bob Brown departed. It hasn't been, um, like, very consistent, to be honest, and it's been quite pro, like, um, I mean, very, like, pro-capital, like, very pro-growth 
you know, sus- this sustainable growth idea. Like, it- yeah, which has a huge shadow. So, and I think it's very um, populist in the negative kind of sense. They seem it's a bit like how everyone's displaying um, the Ukraine flag. Yeah, know, it's like that. That the Greens seem to run with the latest thing, and then often, you know, hearkening back to their roots, like they pay lip service to forest conservation and that sort of thing but then in terms of policy it's very much about this yeah like abstract conceptual uni grad kind of thinking that's not really realistic it's not really grounded so correct so they've got um direct quote stop corporations from trashing our environment Right. Like that's their kind of uh, that's, that's their approach with that regard sums to deforestation. It up very well, like what we're dealing with. There's not really any anything. It's lip service, and it's just not. It's a teenager talking, right? It's nowhere I, near reality. Yeah. It's like well, obviously, guys. Yeah, that's obviously what Stop we need to trashing do. Trashing our environment, but yeah, like that's it. What? Where's your placard and your nose ring, like? Sorry. And, and what is their I'm approach? An, I'm to... a middle-aged woman now. <laughs> I used to but, have a placard and a nose ring. <laughs> imagine what their approach is, though. Still do they get, like, these environmental science graduates to go out to, like, bush and, like, oh, this is what we learnt at Melbourne Uni on how to manage bush, so this is how we're going to do it. And we're, But maybe they'd be like, no, we can solve with Indigenous owners. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's you've got – it's so removed from, like – place that's real actually a, yeah it's, I it's think like so. intellectualized and, like ideology and it's patronizing too to the indigenous people like actually of course we need to consult with them and yes we need to penalize i can't i mean you know thinking about that disgusting explosion of the um sacred site by rio tinto mm. um last year and you know that's not that's not nothing unusual that's how they roll that's like their normal way of functioning and then being like oops sorry was that us but it's like that approach of (laughs) just saying like yeah well we consult with indigenous elders and whatever in order to form policy and it's just i'm not making a good point and i lost my train of thought did you yeah, I mean, it is it is patronising and it's lip service and it's... It's like, thanks, guys. <laughs> it's gross and embarrassing and I, I wonder if it's actually... Um, it's almost like it's by design even. <laughs> it's almost like it's like they're undermining themselves. <laughs> and do you know what else it is? It just, I don't know. It's kind of... Right. It's like um, colonial... It's neo-colonial... Yeah. In a sense, isn't it? It's well, like, we're yes. sorry about this and now we know what to do. <laughs> we we got it wrong last time, but this time white people us. are here yeah. to fix it. <laughs> That's awful I think, and so I think, you know, astute. they've got equality and justice for all, end sexism, building an anti-racist society. Like these are all like their uh, policies, right? Yeah. And well, then I can't help think about like, you know, in Melbourne, in the outer north, western Sydney, there's like huge like migrant populations and, you know, probably stemming back six generations, some of them. But they're still like devout Muslim, like very community centred. 
I guarantee you they are racist and they are sexist and they are like staunch Australians, you know, who will say like, do not fucking tell me that I'm not allowed to be sexist. Like white, like I'm as Australian as you are and you're not like bringing your like post-colonial apologetic ideals to my community. You know, it's it's tone deaf and it's like, it's actually insensitive and tyrannical in its lack of nuance as Absolutely. well. Like, and that's where that's where reality comes back into it too because it's like, hello, we're not just sitting around in a classroom having like a an exercise in idealism. We're actually like talking about how the world can function, you know, yeah. into the future in a way that is, I guess, supportive, yes, of inclusivity and, yes, respectful of First Nations people and, yes, protect our environment and yes holding corporations to account but not in the way that it's like ranting hysterical adolescent lacking initiation into anything adult whatsoever it it does remind me of like just uni grads with no world experience um i somehow followed senator janet rice yeah um, was green senator in Victoria. I guess at some point when I was in Melbourne, I followed her page, and it's still it's been I've been getting heaps. Of, I mean, I guess the more you look at something, the more Facebook gives it to you. Um, so I've kind of seen every post made, and credit to Janet Rice because she launched a global petition for Julian Assange for the release of Julian Assange, and she is like lobbying Australian government to act did really yes and well, th- her petition has been signed by over seven hundred thousand people wow. so she is a fighter for that and on it like i commented on something she posted and someone jumped in to defend her and i was like so what it was there was a post when she the direct words were lgbtiq people are discriminated against in our society and I kind of read that and then, you know, the, the language, I'm sure it wasn't Janet who made that post, mm-hmm. but it was like her office. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the language following was this kind of like, again, it was that like neo-colonialist attitude of like not written by people from the inside. Like a, a person from that LGB alphabet community mm-hmm. would not write a post like that. Yeah. I read it and I was triggered. I was right. like, well... As a member of the LGBT yeah. community, uh, I don't tell tell me more about my discrimination. Yeah, like maybe maybe people are discriminated against on other grounds, um, and maybe like there's a, a complex range of factors, of and maybe Senator Rice should focus more on their good mental health policy mm. because they want to make dental and mental into medicare that's like part yep. of the, one of their slogans yep. which i think is a good thing i do too yeah um but then someone jumped in to defend and i i was just like yeah go nazis because they had a ukraine flag yeah. for their <laughs> photo but yeah i just it's they do a fair bit of that like white savior yeah and i i mean i guess that's very unconscious especially among well among them all and yeah I mean, that is the nature of the human condition is we always have blind spots and generally our striving towards one virtue will inevitably constellate its opposite. 
looming large behind us mm. while we're praising the light in front of us. It's like, yeah, casting a very dense shadow. So, so I think, you know, as I've said before, the, the left and the greens, um, while they may have, you know, very good virtues and good reason for, you know, elevating those virtues, it's like the reality of it is, is quite different to that, you know, holding up of... Talk about echo chambers, eh? Like yeah, they need to exactly. step outside of that, yeah. engage in debate with someone that's not in their party. Yeah, that's right. Because it's very lacking in resilience and strength and nuance. And they so advocate it just falls down a, very quickly in the real world. They're like rallying for a National Centre for Disease Control. Right. A, like a CDC. What the hell? That's like part of, that's one of their policies. What the hell? What what for? Because that works real well oh, in yeah, America. Oh, yeah, clearly. I um, mean, it's just a waste of time and energy. Like, there's just no need for that. Free rap. I think that from a campaign perspective, it's like pays lip service again. They don't actually to have what? to consider like a COVID thing. They don't have to disguise anything, but they also don't really have to act on anything either. It's so bizarre. And then free rat tests for all like another thing that they're campaigning on because mm-hmm. um, that's real good for the environment <laughs> um they talk about public ownership of healthcare, transportation and education yeah well i you know so i they, believed in them for a reason they you know they do have some good thoughts it's yeah i mean i think you summed it up really well that they've got good ideas that are untested and not rigid yeah we'll see how they go won't we i mean adam bounce yeah been having a neptune transit as well many of them have been interestingly um many of the leaders which you know as i've said it you know brings in that disillusionment potentially and disillusionment as a healthy thing and it's like I wonder if he's actually been through that experience or if he's just resisted it by clinging to old principles that really require like reassessment and reality testing Mm. which it seems like you know has been lacking (laughs) so yeah um the sun will be on Saturn on his Saturn I mean in Gemini on the day of the election so that'll be interesting I guess it'll be a bit of a reality check in that way for him. <laughs> well, well, that also could kind of go either way. Of course it could, yes, I, indeed. And that's why, you know, astrology, Richard Tarnas, who wrote, you know, the amazing um, Cosmos and Psyche, he says astrology is archetypally predictive only. So, you know, we're dealing with archetypes that can be expressed in a full spectrum of ways. Mm. Um, which is why I don't like predicting, but yeah. I think if Adam Bant has expectations of doing well outside of Melbourne. two inner city electorates in yeah. Melbourne yeah. and probably one or two in Sydney, that's going to be the rude shock mm. because I just think that their policies are nowhere near like considered enough for the climate of uh, where Australia's at. It's way And too, again, like yeah. people like yourself... 
like myself, I think I voted green in the last federal election. Well, actually, I had them quite high up, but I had um, I did vote for no mandatory vaccination part. Oh no, that was in the state. Oh, okay, I can't yeah. remember who I. I remember having an existential crisis at the last federal right. election because do I vote liberal or do oh, I? Oh mate, I yeah. was just so at the end I can't of my quite row. Remember, I might have. Yeah, but I'm pretty. I mean, I know I voted green really highly in the last state election, but it's just like that's it's not. It doesn't keep up with like that's where right. we're at. Yes, um, and that's why they need to like tend to the nuance more and actually go on the ground of reality and stop living in an echo chamber of a university. Do you know what you? When I was used to go to socialist party meetings, mm. that was the same thing that socialist party members were saying of the Greens. Then they're just right. not. They don't sit outside of their yeah like bubble enough they just yeah. don't really get it and then you get a few elected mm. and then they do so well that they buy like an investment property and they just lose sight and touch with like what they actually campaigned on yeah and i mean i think politics by its nature it demands compromise and that sort of thing and it, it makes it really hard for people I, you know peter garrett is like a good example you know Ugh. All those like good intentions, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, went down in flames. Really, it was quite a spectacle, and sad because I think you know the integrity of a human comes into question when you know he was trying to have the courage of his convictions, and I think a lot of them are. You know, they're they're well intended humans but they're not seeing things clearly because they're not listening to the criticism. They're mm. like narcissistic in their refusal to entertain any alternate view, which is not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What else you got? Nothing. Really? Well, <laughs> I think I'm... Oh, that, I mean, that's plenty. That's it, our yeah, hour well, and that's a half election special. What I'm thinking, I, I guess it, we've talked a lot and... um. I suppose, yeah. No, I don't really have much more to say. Just, you know, that I think we really need to be attuned to this Agenda 2030 thing and alert to the governments who will usher that in with <laughs> no, um, you know. No. Um, um, I guess I would probably like to close with, I guess, that I think it's really important to, I mean, one, I definitely know at least one person listening who will donkey vote. I think if you're going to go and get your name checked off, there's a $2,000 fee for registering as a candidate. But if you get over, if you get 2,000 votes, that fee is refunded. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So give your vote to a minor party. Yeah. Because at least you're, helping to support someone that is trying to do something good on your behalf for sure. It yeah, and I guess, you know, it's true that the system is totally broken and I understand why anyone would be feeling jaded and that it's hopeless to vote because it's probably already decided in some sense. But but it is a, it is a p potential barrier to us and tyranny. You know? Absolutely. And we've got to act as though that is a possibility. That is the potential that exists here. And I think, yeah, let's stick it to them as much as we can for whatever it's worth, you know, like 
in terms of voting. But um, and you know, there's some amazing people out there doing such amazing work at the moment. And I will shout out to um, Maria Z, who's on Telegram. If you mm. if you're interested in Z Media, yeah. So yeah, it's she, been great. Have you been looking yeah, at that? Yeah, I used that as massive resource for right. today. So she's been doing those um, interviews with all the independents, hey? Mm. And I think she must be absolutely exhausted because she's working so hard. Yeah. Yeah, astounding contribution. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people that have been moved to action by the events of the last couple of years. And that's something to be grateful for and to hold out hope. Yeah. For sure. That's um, Z Media, Z-E-E-E, Z, yes. E-E-E. Yeah. Um, I would also encourage anyone that listens to this to just consider maybe updating your political position and alignment with a party that you may have formally identified with. I saw a friend post a pro-Greens um, statement earlier and... Mm-hmm. The the point they were making was around refugee policy and I think the Greens' refugee policy is good. But yeah. as well, there may be some things that are more pressing to consider, I think. That does – it. yeah, it muddies the waters a lot because I am all for human rights and refugee. I think we should take more refugees in Australia. Yeah. And I think yeah. that we should have – you know, I think – the ways that we've handled the refugee crisis in the world and in Australia has been appalling, you know. Uh, I agree. In the Absolutely last 20 appalling. years and probably forever. But, um, I mean, it's been very hard to watch and I don't, I'm not into that in terms of the majors either. So, and the left, yeah, I mean, and the Greens, it's, um, they do hold out some integrity in that way. But yeah, in terms of your point, was um, it's good. I think it's good to reassess and be open to things that we may have written off in the past. And like small me parties, with Pauline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just reconsider where you're at, yeah. and reconsider where parties have evolved to. Some have, some absolutely have not. Yeah, like the Liberals. Like I would say the Liberals and the Greens have not evolved. I would say. I agree with that. Um, yeah, and I think maybe the refugee thing is quite convenient for the Greens in some sense because a lot of people believe in, you know, the refugee, like, um, championing of that cause yeah. and rightly so. Um, but, yeah, it's a very convenient vote Yeah, that the Greens can keep and then they usher in a lot off the back of that in terms of welcome, Klaus. Yeah. Small parties are a protest vote. Yeah. Good one. As well. Yeah. Yes, much more so than a donkey vote could be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we may even get a shot at like a functional democracy. Imagine that. If we get small parties in. Imagine that. It's something to... Talk about inclusion. Yeah, that's That's right. That's right. Bring in all the voices that a diversity of opinions is what we need so that we can really get this stuff figured out spoken about not censored yes and not just this relentless propaganda that's like <laughs> we've come to accept as normal yeah yeah 100 percent. great all right well thank you zoe thank if there's you, nothing Lee. else i think not all right 
Well, good luck for the election. <laughs> it's going to be a good one to watch, I think. We'll talk about the eclipse, won't we, next week? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I look forward to it. And um, more about Jupiter in Aries and Mercury retrograde. It's all happening. It is. All right. Go well. Hang in there, peeps, for the eclipse. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. That track makes me tear up. It's sad. The democracy. <laughs> the democracy cry. Those were the days. This is 1985 to 2005. Oh, the golden era. And the ABC actually worked. My goodness. Asha, what have you done? Silence.